Hello and welcome to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Vice and I'm happy to be joined by my friend Robert Wexler to talk about it. Robert, what's going on? Uh, not too much. Uh, enjoyed the movie. I got a chance to watch it actually in the same theater as you yesterday. That was a that was a twist. Yeah. Well, I saw it on Christmas, and I, I, I and I knew I was going to probably do this podcast with Robert, so I figured why not go again to have it be a little more fresh in my mind when he has his viewing. So, Vice is the newest movie from Adam McKay, the filmmaker behind comedies like Anchorman, Talladega Nights, and Step Brothers. But he kind of leveled up a few years ago when he made the big short and thrust him into the prestigious filmmaker conversation. Got uh, nominated for Oscars and all that fun stuff and he decided with his next uh with this next movie he was going to make a movie about dick cheney of all people that you could possibly make a movie about so uh vice tells the story about dick cheney from his time as like a a young screw-up having just flunked out of yale to the becoming the vice president of the united states and one of the most powerful vice presidents at that and it it largely kind of goes in that order, but it does a little bit of jumping around and uh, jumping forward to like the events of September 11, 2001 and uh, what he was doing on that day and all that stuff. And I, I guess – and I normally like starting out with a synopsis of a movie and then jumping into the conversation, but I don't really think there's a lot else to say about that. Like I said, it just, it just talks about his life. So I guess where I want to start, Robert, is um, I'm guessing this movie didn't exactly change your opinion of Dick Cheney as a person all that much. So was there anything that you thought the movie really accomplished or failed to accomplish that you thought Adam McKay probably set out to do and he said, I'm going to make a Dick Cheney movie? Uh, from a narrative standpoint, I thought there was um... – some things that maybe could have been filled in a little better from like a performance standpoint. I thought, I thought the actors and the, and the actual craft of the film was better than the, than the narrative ploys and some of the gimmicks that he used to kind of cast Dick Cheney into a life, but he had a tough medium to work with. And he even made note of it, how secretive Dick Cheney was from the beginning to try to really get into his head. He doesn't do a lot of interviews about himself. So made it fairly complicated for, for, the director, but overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, he definitely had to probably fill in some gaps along the way. Like, I mean, I, I agree that like the performance is really good, but I don't think anyone's ever really seen like Dick Cheney give like deep interviews about his life where he tells you everything he thought along the way. And uh, you mentioned different narrative tricks and stuff like that. And I think the biggest thing that the Big Short was so, and you've seen the Big Short, right? I have. Yeah, that's what I thought. And like, I mean, the biggest thing about the Big Short was that I think it was just a very unique style of filmmaking where he did all these little jumps and all these side explainers and voiceovers and just a lot going on as opposed to just like watching a movie. But I think, uh, I think the biggest thing about this movie, um, at least as far as something that maybe doesn't work is that I think he wanted to kind of go back to that style. And I think it probably works a lot better for something like the big short where I think the bulk of your audience really isn't going to know that subject matter that well, you know? And I mean, I still couldn't really like, I mean, I, I he, it, it worked really well in that movie as I was watching, and I was like, wow, I'm understanding like the subprime mortgage crisis way better than I ever thought I could have. I know what these uh, multi-level collateral uh, mortgages or uh, bundles are and all that, and it did. I think it was kind of necessary to have – to hold your hand to some extent along here, but I feel like unless someone is like a really young kid, they're going to go in just knowing more about what the Bush presidency did and the bad things it was, so you don't really need like a – a Greek chorus or a narrator or someone like that kind of like reemphasizing it for you all along. I think that was maybe one of the things that bothered you a little bit too, right? Well, yeah. I mean, but it is interesting because the more I thought about it, like in the moment, I mean, we were, we were kids during the presidency. I, I went through middle school and high school with Bush and Cheney and it, when McKay was sitting out to make a film for the American public, he had to pick which person or which level of knowledge, like it, 
some people might know more. The journalists would know a ton more. Some people might not know anything about Bush and Cheney. So to try to wedge that in and not say too much and not have too much explanation, not have too little explanation, I think that was a tricky uh, you know, hoop for him to jump through. I don't know if he quite landed it for me, but I could see the, the calculations going on in his head about like how much do I want to explain what do I take for granted that people know? Yeah, and one of the, one of the things I didn't know though was I, I, and I guess this is a big thing. And one of the things I did enjoy about the movie, even if I don't know if it needed all the uh, all of these little accoutrements, all this side stuff, was I didn't really know the whole thing about him being a shadow president. You know, it was just something I didn't know. Like I, I knew a lot of the mistakes that the Bush presidency made, but I, I didn't exactly understand that like he was that machiavellian and that uh and, and that power hungry and could and did all of the things he did so it is kind of interesting just like seeing him being able to control a presidency like that from what is traditionally a very figurehead type position and or symbolic position and uh, whatever you want to call it and so there's that and also just like i knew he had held a lot of positions in the past and that he was pretty qualified overqualified maybe even to just uh, as far as what you typically need to have on your resume to be on a presidential ticket. But I, it was kind of crazy, like how quickly he became like someone in Washington when he got there. You know, it was like, right. from, he went from, like, I didn't realize it, like, and I saw on his Wikipedia that he, like, actually became an intern in 1969. The movie said 1967. But whatever it is, either eight or six years, he went from being an intern, uh, like a congressional intern, to being the chief of staff, which is insane, you know? Right. Well, he, they, they did say he was the youngest chief of staff, but the other thing when you were talking about power and his Machiavellian instincts, the thing that I didn't realize was how much his wife was like – and the way that McKay cast Amy Adams as this – or maybe Mrs. Cheney was like that in real life. I don't think that McKay knew or did not know how power-hungry she was to kind of prop up Dick and at one point say, you know, it's either you get with it or you get out, like – it was that was that was an interesting twist. I didn't realize how much his wife played into the power dynamic and how and his pursuit of power for the sake of power. Well, it seemed like he didn't uh, make that up or anything. I, I you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast that Adam McKay did also, and he's like, yeah, I talked to someone that knew her, and like she, like right. I'm pretty sure that whoever she married would have become president or something like that because like she was that much of a like a force of personality and all of that. I mean, I think I think one thing though that like and while like I think. We, we agree it gave good insight into just like how he rose to power and how he controlled that power when he grabbed it i think some people like one of the criticisms of this movie but i think neither of us necessarily agree with though is that some people thought it was like almost like went too easy on cheney and uh and maybe was like oh like look how fun it is watching him like be really smart and do really accomplish so many things and i don't know i I still i didn't leave the movie thinking like that he tried to pull any punches with respect to dick cheney for the most part did you i didn't i didn't feel that he pulled any punches i thought he poked fun or maybe kind of used the gimmicks a little bit to kind of make cheney more of his target as opposed to a like what a true biopic is sometimes so if anything i actually kind of twisted the other way and i as you know, as I mentioned, as soon as we were walking out of the movie, I, I thought that you know the story spoke for itself. That's why I didn't really get off on the, on the gimmick so much because the history between 2000 and 2008 was fascinating enough. It warranted a movie that you didn't need to gin up these kind of you know with the hard on the table spoiler alert and like all of this like all of these like heart metaphors and the open cavity and all that. I thought. It was a little overblown. I thought he was digging a little too deep. Yeah, I mean, I, 
yeah, he, he it, it does try and do a lot at the end, and it's very clear like where he stands with respect to these people. And I'm not so I'm not really sure like where that criticism like I don't really totally get people that are saying that. And I th- it's clear that he has something to say. I think some people say maybe oh maybe this movie's kind of like a response to the to the Trump administration being like people now saying with like not feeling good about everything the Trump administration has done, being like, oh, yeah, maybe George W. Bush wasn't so bad, and he's wanting to remind everyone. Yeah, he's aged well. Bush has aged really well, and I do think I think the movie's pretty kind to him. Uh, Yeah. And it, like, maybe, I mean, because like you said, he is having to fill in a lot of gaps, and I doubt that, like, I, I think it's very generous to George W. Bush to just suggest that, like, he was totally at Dick Cheney's mercy and had, like, no part in getting us into the war, basically, and it was all Cheney. I'm a little dubious of that, but, I mean, at the same time, like, I'm just saying, like, I think that he really pins a ton of stuff on Cheney, and I think I, I definitely don't think that was the case. But at the same time, like, we both agree that the Christian Bale performance is very good, and I don't think there's anything completely wrong with if, if it's what they were doing. I don't think there's really anything all that wrong with humanizing him at least some. I think when you have a performance that's like that good, it's inevitable that they're going to seem like more of a person than uh, anyone wants to give him credit for being. And I don't know. I just I, I I I enjoyed watching the performance and at the and was able to simultaneously recognize that man, this dude did a lot of bad stuff. But I think that like my big one of my bigger issues with the movie though is like I almost wanted to get more of a sense of like why he wanted to do those things. You know, I like I understood that like he stood for a lot of bad stuff and did all made all these decisions. But at the same time, it's like why did it one like what made him like that conservative in the first place i mean some people just naturally might be have their brain wired that way but it, the movie is very simplistic when it's like oh who's that donald rum from so a guy i'm whatever he is you know right. and i i kind of wanted to get like well no why why in in the, in the moment when he asked rum so what do we believe and he laughs i mean like that's a nice moment but i wanted to like kind of get to the point where like i understood why cheney came to actually like live by that ethos well, it is. I mean, it is true that you know, like Cheney and Rumsfeld and McKay mentioned it in Bill Simmons's podcast, and actually, there's another podcast out right now about like the Richard Nixon days. But as Cheney mentions in the movie, there was a void for Republicans in the '70s. Now, this was after he already was a congressional intern working with Rumsfeld, but they kind of fell upwards into these roles, both of them, to to achieve, you know much farther into their career, if not for happenstance, that movie might never be made because, you know, the the establishment just marches on. But, you know, that's the way yeah, history it works, very, I guess. Yeah, it was yeah. very convenient for them to happen to have been Republicans when Watergate happened. And I kind of, that, that, that obvious, like I said earlier, like it was very fascinating that he ascended that way, but it's kind of obvious why he did and that there was this like kind of like a void, I guess, that they were able to luckily fill since he just happened to like, Going to get a job in political consulting without all that much political experience, and then um, just wasn't there for when all that stuff went down with Nixon. Uh, so, I mean, good for him in that respect. But I just, I, I kind of thought like, oh well, we could have gotten a little bit more still as to like why he ended up, why he did end up standing for all those things he stood for. But on top of that, like, why it was that important for him to like serve big businesses, and I get it, like that's like a thing Republicans do. But I mean, it really kind of points the whole entire like. I think a lot of people talk about the war in Iraq as like a oh Bush wanted to go finish what his dad didn't start what his dad didn't finish you know and that's right. one way people talk about it sometimes but at the same time this movie largely suggests that like Cheney was a driving force behind it because he wanted to like help all the oil companies he was friends with including his old company Halliburton like be able to like get some kind of foothold there and at that point though like he had already gotten like this twenty six million dollar golden parachute from Halliburton and which is also another funny thing that the movie does it kind of shows oh like 
yeah, you, you know how Trump didn't give up his tax returns, but like Cheney kind of pioneered the not disclosing any of your financial stuff type of thing. But he already got the $26 million from him. They're not going to get it back. Like, why do you need to do this so badly? You know, it's like driving all these like really important decisions he's making. And I think that's one thing that's kind of the, the biggest thing I think the movie could have done differently from just how they drew this character, you know? And I feel like if it could have, I just think it could have gotten inside his head a little bit more because as it, as it stands, it's like, I think it's a good performance on the surface, but it's like, it doesn't, the character doesn't come down to a whole lot more than like, man, I just really want, want I just really want to get power. You know? Yeah, but I think I think McKay was who he he wrote it too. I think I think he was boxed in on trying to get into Cheney's head because Cheney could just come out and say, "No, that's not what I was thinking," because he's still alive. So if it really if he really cared enough, or like his subordinates or his or his allies could come out and be like, "No, that's not actually what, that's the pitfall of making a movie about stuff that's only like ten to fifteen years old." Is that the people are still around to say, no, that's not what I was thinking. If you try to cast what they were thinking without having any kind of documentation. And because he was so secretive, he didn't have any documentation on some of that stuff. I guess, I guess that's more important for the, um, I guess that line of thinking is, is probably more important to you for the big picture wartime decisions and stuff like that. But like at the same time he could go, I mean, I guess it is pretty blatantly just like him poking fun at him when it's like, Oh, he and his wife are going to, he and he and his wife are going to uh, say what it was like some kind of like passage from a fellow together in bed and or yeah. Macbeth or whatever it was and do something like that. It's like, I mean, you could take liberties in certain parts. So it's like, I, I feel like there's maybe a few more liberties you got to take in to just fill in a few more gaps for me. But, uh, that that was just me. Like I think that that was just one thing I wanted to. It's like, man, like why are you the way you are? <laughs> well, to, contrad- to contradict my own point, I think it would have been interesting. I mean, it would have made the movie a lot more money if McKay just said what he wanted to say about what Cheney was thinking. Then the people came out and said, no, that's not. I don't think that would have resulted in a lack of ticket sales if there was this argument between the subject matter and the film director. I think that would have been the type of press that McKay would have eaten up. So yeah. that would have, so yeah. I, I guess I don't really know why he Well, the movie's already also like more. very divisive already as it is. So it was, it wouldn't have like been a, uh, I mean, maybe they did, I, I guess he didn't realize it was going to be like quite this divisive um, based on what he said in these interviews. But I mean, it would have, uh, I don't know if it really would have hurt the movie at all compared to like what its reception and box office uh, have been thus far. Um, what did you think about just we're talking about like its level of humanization for the character? How do you think it handled just um, the whole thing with him having a gay daughter? Because it's always been a very interesting wrinkle to him, and I almost thought it could have gone a little further and just like kind of calling him out for some of the hypocrisy beyond that. Like I think it does it does want to, sh- and I, I I don't doubt that that was how he reacted to her initially, and I guess he gets the smallest amount of credit for acting like a human being should in that scenario as opposed to like maybe other conservative people. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I found it interesting that that was like the first time there he did, he didn't run for president cause he was worried about like subjecting her to that stuff. But then at the same time, he, he, he's able to shrug off the fact that like he's still in a party that thinks these things about gay people when he decides it would be advantageous for him to be vice president, as long as he doesn't have to talk about it publicly. Right. Well, I thought it was um, I thought the end was crucial when his daughter was running for Congress in Wyoming. And like they show that, like, okay, when push comes to shove, we're shoving the daughter 
the other daughter, the lesbian daughter, under the bus so that we can beget more power. So I thought that was like a critical part of the movie because I agree with you. I was like, man, they're really going soft on him like and showing him in a really nice light. Maybe that's the way he feels like I'm learning something new here. And then I was like, oh, hang on. Let's, you know, pull the rope it open and show you how he really feels when he really needs to double down on gay marriage as a political wedge issue. And I think that that was crucial in the movie. Yeah. It's for almost me. like gay marriage became like so much more of a thing, just like, I guess between like the years 1999 and 2009, that it was like something they couldn't duck at that point. So he was able to not really have it be that big of an issue for him, like as a vice president, because I guess the vice president maybe just doesn't have to do as much press, I suppose. Or, I don't even know if that's true, but like it was just funny. He was able to dodge the issue on a presidential ticket where their where their other daughter couldn't. I will say with the just to tie up the the reason why I think Dick Cheney didn't have to answer any questions is because he was selected to be vice president after the primary was established and George Bush was the guy and his daughter that was in a primary challenge against another Republican. So Cheney never had to worry about the Republican call, or the Democrat uh, calling him out right. for, for, for gay marriage because the Democrat would be more likely to be in favor of it when it was, you know, in 2004 or 2000, whoever, John Kerry and Al Gore. But Cheney, his daughter had to deal with the primary, and that's when she came out against it to, you know, against her own sister. That's a really good point. And I guess, I guess part of my thing when I was watching the movie, though, was I – I, the, the the actress that played uh, Mary uh, Allison Pill, she's like a really well known actress. And she's done some, she's done she's done a lot of things. And I guess I just kind of thought that like if you're gonna hire an actress like w- that has that level of talent to like play this part in this movie, I I almost like wanted another scene. I mean, there there was her like yelling at them on the phone about it, and maybe maybe this is something that they did. They were able to do their research on and realize there just never was like an uncomfortable moment because her dad reacted well in the first place. I just thought that like, there almost could have been like even a little more about that, you know. Right, and right. obviously, it, it the movie kind of implies at the end that like things might not still be good with the family, at least between the sisters, because of that. And that isn't something that's small. But it was like I almost wanted to see like if there was a moment at all where she did kind of like call her dad out on like continuing to like toe the party line on that. Well, one of the things that, um, that I, that I kind of found that the, towards the end of the movie was besides some things, a lot of it was like flashcards of like, this happened in the Iraq war and this happened with scooter Libby and this happened with this policy. And it turned into like this journalistic, like greatest hits. This happened when he shot that guy in the face. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you lost the the narrative and like the drama of it for like a brief second. But all that stuff was like so important, too. I was like, I don't know what to feel because maybe, I want maybe, this in the movie. Maybe it should have been a miniseries where uh, you could have just devoted time to all that stuff. I mean, I, I get it. It's like, do you just want to not talk about how he shot a guy in the face and the guy, and right. then the, the guy that got shot in the face apologized to him? Like that's, right. that's like too ridiculous not to say, you know? No, yeah, I mean, and I and and like, but all the like the quick flashes of like, you know, the Iraq bombing, and then like the quick flash back to these like still images of like people getting angry in the United States, and like all of this stuff that's just like pumped into the movie. I was enjoying. I mean, I I thought it was like I w- at the time I was enjoying it, but then I was also like, but let's get back to Dick. Like, let's you know, let's let's get back to the to the drama on hand and let's try to build up the characters a little bit. I don't know how I'd feel. I was, I was kind of split down the middle. Well, you were just, well, I mean, 
because that's the thing. I, I kind of agree with you that, like, yeah, it, it was trying to do a lot of stuff, and it's not stuff I would have wanted it to have, like, totally ignored, but it's hard to – and I think you even mentioned earlier that, like, it wasn't like Adam McKay had an easy task, you know, like right, trying to right. trying to make a coherent movie out of all of this. And I, I think we can agree it was, like, it was kind of a mixed bag. But, I mean, at the end, I, I, it's not like that stuff didn't have an effect on you, even if, like, uh, we agreed it was, like, heavy-handed. And, like, I actually, like, the thing with the heart, I almost would have been happy if that was the last shot of the movie. It would have, like right. – it was a little on the nose, just like, oh, like – yeah, this is the rotting heart, just how like our country's rotting thanks to a lot of these policies. It would have been on the nose, but fittingly symbolic. But then we had to have the thing where he has that interview, and he then like starts talking to the camera and explaining a bunch of stuff to you. And I'm like, all right, this is a little too much for me. But at the same time, you were kind of fired up leaving the theater. I think I was. I think yeah. part, I couldn't tell. Like I learned later once we were out of the theater that part of your intentions were that you just wanted to scold some of the folks in Palm Beach County that might have uh, caused us to have to live through all of that. But, well, it wasn't, it wasn't just Palm Beach County, but it was one of those things that, like, I mean, we couldn't have voted back then. Obviously, we were too young. But, like, that wasn't that long ago. And after watching that movie, there had to be, like, thousands, if not millions of people who sat there who voted for this guy who had to see the movie. And, like, he was not cast in a good light, obviously. And in hindsight some of the policies and some of the reasons for going to Iraq are not on the strongest footing to put it extremely mildly. So you can't help but be like, how could these people see this? Do they have any kind of like buyer's remorse or shame or like, what is the moviegoer who voted for this man thinking as they're viewing the movie? That's what I was curious about. And then then on top of that, it's not even just even like more specifically, what are they thinking when like Adam McKay basically like says Dick Cheney actually created ISIS? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like man, like I I, I I honestly didn't even know that. I knew that like Donald Trump was ridiculous. Remember that one time where like a couple like in the last year and a half where Trump was like, oh no, Obama created ISIS, and someone's like, well, you mean like metaphorically committed created ISIS? No, he's like, no, I literally think he founded ISIS, and I'm like, well, I knew that was insane, but I didn't realize like. You could draw such a direct line to Dick Cheney maybe actually creating ISIS, which is like – that's kind of crazy. It's like that – Well, the, the, the power vacuum in Iraq, yeah. I mean and, and, and if McKay is saying the reason why we went to Iraq is because of, of Cheney, then I mean the logic is – I don't know if I would want to argue that. But, 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 no, but like, no, but like or specifically them making Colin Powell talk about this one terrorist right. to justify going in and then that terrorist then taking advantage of the vacuum that you're referring to. I mean, maybe there are a lot of steps in that, but still it obviously like just talking up any groups of people in that country at all, like nothing great was going to come of that. I mean, right. And the, the other thing that, that I thought was interesting and, and when we were fired up is because we did see it like in Florida, which swung the election. It was featured in the movie. They mentioned the total vote count. It was 537, I think, votes. And and it happened where we are. And so I couldn't help but be like, man, like the people literally in, you know, in, in, in our direct community are the reason why I am watching this movie. And, and whatever the whatever your politics are, it was just fascinating because it like localized this like movie that was about global implications so that was kind of an interesting 
You know, yeah, it's so. funny. I also actually I was talking to my friend uh, Matt about it on Friday night. He's from not quite Pensacola like I am, but from like the Destin area. And he uh, he he actually he saw it when he was back there. Like he he lives in he lives in West Palm now, but he he saw it when he was back there for the holidays. And he's like, yeah, my my, my theater obviously probably odds are most of the people there are very conservative. Like, and they thought it was hilarious. So take from that what you will. That's an interesting reaction. I saw it in Pensacola, but it just happened to be like. 12 people in the theater so there just was you couldn't really get a read on the audience but it it is interesting that like who knows like maybe a lot of people that in a theater in a very conservative area they might have just like left and just had a few laughs and that wasn't exactly the mood in our theater and it's interesting to think what these people might have been reflecting upon after having all this stuff so vividly thrown right back in their face well we knew i mean given the like if if you are a if you lean to the left in the current political climate McKay could have predicted you you were going to take this and it was going to rile you up. It was going to make you angry because it was, you know, like, oh, man, like, look at how stupid these people are. And if you're on the right, I think that's a more interesting conversation because Bush and Cheney are so different than the current Republican administration. But are they better? Are they different and not better or worse like what is the consensus here like how do people feel after watching that movie about their vote back then and how they voted now i think that like the the focus groups they had in the movie they should get together and have a focus group about the people who watched the movie reconvene because, yeah reconvene them yeah. well i will say too i mean i agree i would like to i mean not that i want to spend like a ton of time around people that like uh, have those political viewpoints, um, but I mean, I, I would it would be fun to get in their head. But also, the movie got very mixed reviews. Uh, it ended up at like what sixty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. And I think your average film critic is going to be a little more left leaning. And there is a decent contingent of people. Like, I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot, I mean, I think it is pretty split amongst people that lean left as to how they feel about the movie. I think a lot of people were angry and they didn't think it hadn't some people might have had that same criticism that it seems like we don't agree with that it was too easy on him but a lot of people just think the movie didn't have anything to say and wasn't really going about this in the right way and i i don't know if it had the strongest like message beyond like yeah these people are bad and here we're going to show you why they're bad in an entertaining way but like there is a decent it's not it's not like the 50 50 of people who liked it and didn't like it it's not like a direct cut down the political spectrum you know what i mean and that's why it's kind of interesting that the movie's had such a divisive reaction well, there's, I mean, there's two, there's two different lines of criticism that I've kind of identified in what we've been talking about. There's the movie for the movie's sake. Like, did it accomplish? How was the acting, the, the narrative, the gimmicks, all that stuff in it? And, and on that point, it has its own merits. And then on the, like, documentary side, because he is, like, rehashing history, and he's going after a much broader scope of the general public than typically watches a documentary – you start to have these people walking in to see Christian Bale, to see Amy Adams, and all of a sudden, bam, they're hit with, you know, facts they didn't – they're learning something too on top, which is what McKay did in The Big Short too, like which is a, a necessary lane I think for Hollywood to have someone occupy. And so I would – I think on that front, the criticisms are a lot, are a lot more skewed towards your political beliefs, and I would be curious to see because we know – the, the liberals are going to be like, oh, he sucked, you know, and, and he's a villain. But the people who voted for him, I would – especially given what the current Republican Party is in this kind of weird cocktail of like nostalgia towards back then but seeing the atrocities as McKay is presenting them in like a bit of a biased way to be fair. But, you know, what are you thinking? That was something that I would – I don't think we'll ever get the answer, but 
Iris Cures. Yeah, in some ways you can kind of see just how a lot of what they did paved the way for um, someone to maybe uh, to abuse executive power in some of the ways that Donald Trump has. Uh, I mean, we, we already talked about not making financial disclosures, but like the movie, we didn't really talk a ton about it, but the movie does make a big deal about this unitary executive power and how they're ever, ever, and his never ending like search for like more absolute power just to strengthen the executive branch might not have been a good thing and or obviously probably wasn't a very good thing and who knows how much of that those effects are still lasting today uh, did you have any other uh thoughts on any of these performances we didn't actually talk about them a ton aside from christian bale and amy adams did anyone stick out to you did uh did uh sam rockwell's george w bush feel appropriate to you over the top or too much of like an impersonation or do you think he like struck the right struck the right note I thought – I mean I liked Sam Rockwell as George Bush. I really liked uh, Donald Rumsfeld, um, Steve Carell. I thought that that was – I thought – I mean Steve Carell's a really good actor and I enjoy him. But I didn't know – I didn't realize that Donald Rumsfeld was so all over the place. And maybe that was just Steve Carell's impersonation, but I thought it was – and then I really liked Tyler Perry as Colin Powell. Yeah. I thought that was, that was fun and it was like nice to see him – I. I've never seen him in a movie that he wasn't producing, oh. and so to see him in like a serious role was, uh, I thought, was a nice twist. So, He's, he was good. I think you'd like Gone Girl if you ever had the opportunity to go back and watch that because that was the first time I'd ever like seen him actually just like act in someone else's movie. Uh, and he's like really he plays the lawyer in that and he's really good he got really good reviews for it and I just he really hadn't done a lot of that kind of acting in the last five years and been being in just being purely turning himself over to another filmmaker and just doing something in their movie. And I thought he didn't have a lot of uh, lines, but like, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty significant moment that Rum, that uh, Powell has uh, as far as uh, Steve Carell, I, I, his performance in the big shorts, like my favorite of all of the performances I've seen him do. So I, this wasn't going to go up to that. I can't say I've watched any Donald Rumsfeld interviews before, or at least any time recently. So I have no idea if it was an accurate impersonation or not, but I did it. I did think he at least portrayed the caricature that I think we're led to believe that is pretty accurate of him, just like a guy that's just like uh, a cockroach. You know, he's not going to die, and he even makes jokes at his, his own expense about that. Like, I'm uh, Cheney doesn't want to go to Belgium with him. And he's like, whatever, I'll be fine. It all I always land on my feet. I'll end up somewhere. And it really, his actions really only catch up to him when they do all the shit they do in Iraq. Uh, right, and, he kind of has a swashbuckling kind yeah. of persona to him, like just like gliding through. Which, like, I guess, like politics, you need confidence, and he and he seemed to have it in, in his in his way. And Cheney had confidence in his own way, and I I, I enjoyed the performance. Yeah, I he was- I, and I asked you about Bush. I didn't have a ton to say on him. I thought it was fine. Like, I mean, I think if the, if he had been in a lot more of the movie, maybe I would have gotten a little tired of it. But it was perfectly fine in the way it was. And again, the performance is fine. I, I'm not so sure how I feel about them making him out to be so passive. You know, like the scene where they're in the Oval Office and. Colin Powell's like, I don't want to do this. And then Cheney just goes and like literally stands over Bush and is like, you're the president. Don't you want to do this? And he's like, yeah. Well, I also, I also thought that it was – I maybe maybe McKay read, and this is accurate. I, if it is, it was news to me. He's framed George Bush's ascent to the White House to like make his dad happy and how everyone in the Republican establishment thought that – George like Jeb was the one that was destined for politics and George was the loser and like all and like I'm sorry but regardless of what you think of the guy if he's somehow able to maneuver himself and get people to vote for him or who I he has to have some talent yeah like, I, I don't I don't think something. like 
George H. Bush, I mean, while he was fairly accomplished, he was like, what, CIA director and did other stuff before being president and and CIA director, vice president and all this stuff. Like he was a one term president that like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he he could single handedly get his son there if that son was that much of a fuck up. Like, right. Like again, and just like you're saying, like even if we don't have a high opinion of George W. Bush, like you, you have to think like he had a little more going on up there to be able to at least accomplish what he did. Well, and, and just like mistaking like George for Jeb on the phone call at one point, and like all of these like subtle digs that McKay had Cheney saying in the movie, I, I gotta believe that that was a little bit of dramatic effect because. I mean, come on. Did that really happen? Like, you know, maybe someone can fact check it, but I, I was like, that's a little rich. Yeah, you know? I will say I also liked the guy. I mean, I probably might have been the worst guy, worst person in the movie, but I, I, I enjoyed the character of his personal lawyer that was just like there to justify all the terrible stuff he did. It's oh, yeah. like Because that, that, that is a real guy. It, it almost seems like too ridiculous to like have a guy that is just there to figure out how you can like do, illegal, do whatever you want do whatever yeah. you want and make it sound legal like that seems like a caricature of what people think lawyers are that they're just putting in a movie and except he was actually like a real person and i presume actually did a lot of these things and it was like man this guy is just like he's always there so cheerfully so and he was so cheerful just to be able to like at, at cheney's whim be able to figure out how to do something and make something really shady sound totally normal and what well, like, it is crazy it's it's crazy that because rumsfeld was out by 2004 so he wasn't even in the like he he was there for such a he had such a big role and i don't know i i think that like there were talks of cheney leaving and even the talks of the lawyer leaving and like bush rifled through some attorney generals and and it you know so there was like a bit more of a revolving door than the movie portrayed but i think that lawyer i mean i tried to look up after the movie if he had any comments about his portrayal in the because he's still alive like these people are still working like it's they're not that old and i couldn't find anything but it was interesting point i I don't know i i i I, I guess i guess i just enjoyed his presence and um and having a guy, it was just funny having a guy like that around, like amongst a bunch of other people with more official titles. I mean, I guess a vice president can't have his own counsel, but uh, um, but yeah, uh, trying to think if there was any other uh, odds and ends or other points I uh, wanted to touch on with you. What did you think about the fake ending in the middle? Uh, I I thought that that was a, another one of the gimmicks that just like. I mean, if you're going to make like a satire, make a satire. If you're going to make a, a drama, like make a drama. And I thought that, that that was a bridge too far in the satire. I mean, I know McKay comes from comedy and they they have a lot of comedic chops in the movie between the actors that, that they've cast. But the the fake credits in the in the beginning, in the middle, I was like, OK, what are, what are we doing here? Like, hmm. let's. Let's yeah. keep it going. Yeah, I, I, I definitely got a, at least got a laugh out of it. But um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, I don't know. I didn't really have any other like big issues I wanted to talk on. I feel like we we fairly well covered it. I, again, they 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 tried to do oh well, they, you, that was the one other point I wanted to make. You were talking about how like yeah, that guy left or Rumsfeld left in two thousand four. I think at the end it does kind of like, it almost weirdly kind of like. It had been moving so linear in such a linear manner throughout, and then all of a sudden it just kind of like wants to have that final montage that we already talked about, where uh, it has all those different things on the screen, but it's also intercut with his surgery. And I don't really know when he had his surgery, but it, I feel like it almost like really compresses the timeline there. And like, 
it's like making it seem like all this stuff was like if Rumsfeld like it made it seem like everything was coming to a head when Rumsfeld had to resign in 04 and what it's like they just they win another election in 2004 and they're there for four more years so it is kind of weird how it makes it seem like oh man everything just comes tumbling down at this point when that's not exactly how it happened but the movie's not really that concerned with it and I don't know if it's that important but it is kind of interesting that like they did preside over like another four years after that where the economy like really took a nosedive and all that. And maybe he's presuming that the um, audience knows that anyway, but I don't know. I, I, I just think there was a lot of stuff I really liked, but at the same time, I, you don't need a. It was trying to do a lot, but then at the same time, you also don't need a three hour movie. So I don't know. Right. But, uh, well, I think I, the other, the point that I was, that I was kind of, it made, the movie made me think about, based off Bale's performance and how stoic and how unemotional Cheney was, I wonder if, if he would be a viable running mate in 2018 because of the way social media is and because of the personalities that have run between Obama and Palin and Trump and, and I mean, a lot of, you know, some other people, if likability is so important now, is, did Cheney strike at the last moment in history when he could have been successful? Because the movie crafts him as somewhat of a guy who's always going to slither his way into the most powerful situation. But was, 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 was Mike Pence that now? was Mike Pence that likable though? Well, he had a radio show. You know, he had a following, and oh, he was right. in media. And, and so, I mean, and and the knock on Hillary was that she was not likable, for better or worse. And I tend to think that that's overblown, but. That's the way the American people voted. So I was just kind of curious if, like, Cheney, given Bale's performance, could have, you know, done anything in 2020 or 2016 or whenever, you know, yeah. in current times. And it's, it's an interesting thought, too, just because um, it's almost like they have the scene where they look at the polling numbers and he wasn't even that popular in the first place, like when they right. considered a presidential run. So it was almost like, the, I mean, while like, it was funny that Lynn Cheney was like the one that was so like vice president. I don't know, that's like, that, that's like beneath you. But, uh, when, when they do decide to go for it, it's like, maybe that would, that, maybe that, that, that was like the only scenario at all. Like that specific year with that specific president that even if like, we think W had more wherewithal than the movie does, like he had this whole other family apparatus around him where Cheney could just kind of be carried into the role with the help of that infrastructure. Uh, well, and even when he's running for Congress, they, uh, his wife looks at one of the aides there and is like, oh, thank goodness for name recognition. And then he gets a heart attack, and then she goes on the campaign trail, and the movie alludes to the fact that basically she got him elected. So I thought that that was like an interesting you know, thought experiment. Like even, even by his standards, he wasn't electable. And the way we've shifted in how we consume media and what we view as politicians – I don't know. I maybe he, well, he also, had a lot of luck to strike at the right time. Well, it's also interesting that like he was able to. Uh, it it kind of skips over his time in Congress. Like it's like yeah, he just he really accumulated a lot of power in Congress, and they're at that dinner party, and she's like, "Look, everyone's afraid of us, so they want to be us." It's like I get that. Like it makes sense that like it's easy to hold on to that seat once you win it, and then you have that built-in name recognition. You can just don't have probably don't have a lot of competition to be the Republican Congressperson from Wyoming at that point. But like, how, I, I do wonder how he was able to then accumulate power in Congress. I don't know if his being chief of staff for like a year or whatever he was like really all, all of a sudden was going to get him all these prestigious like committee chair positions and stuff like that. I don't know. But I, that, that, that's another way why – reason why this could have just been a miniseries too. I, I, I would have been interested to see how he did accumulate that power. But uh, still, I think the movie did a decent enough job of showing how he was able to, like you said, just kind of slither his way to different 
roles and uh, and and do the whole thing about being the quietest person in the room. Is that quote right. that the movie shows? It's like, I mean, just if you're quiet and you just observe, and then you can strike at the right moment. And for better or worse, that's what he was able to do. Well, um, he knew when to strike, and that was skill. Yeah, yeah. But I think the the having the opportunities that he could recognize and having them open up. Why? I mean, there has to be some luck there. It's just like, yeah, I guess that's how people, everyone needs a little luck to get to where they are if they're successful. So that was his, yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's, uh, I think we pretty well covered it. I don't really, did you have any other final thoughts before we sign off? No, overall, I mean, I, I would, I would recommend it. I, I despite my misgivings, I, I enjoyed the movie overall. I thought, it, I thought it was a good, healthy dose of what it was like back then and i and i think it's worth seeing for for people to go see it yeah if nothing else i'd say go see it for like christian bale's performance i think even people a lot of people have hated this movie but even the people that have hated it have like still said yeah but he's pretty good and aren't aren't even mad that he's gonna get an oscar nomination it's it's kind of incredible that that, that amount of makeup doesn't feel like a, a, a gimmick like it could so i think that's pretty cool and uh, I think there's, I, I think we're both mixed on it. But again, I think it's, I think it's definitely worth checking out. It seems like it still has a decent chance of getting like an Oscar nomination. So if you're someone that likes to try and make it to everything that's getting nominated for Best Picture, you might want to just check it out then because it's going to do okay with the awards despite this uh, mixed critical reception. But um, before we sign off, Robert, do you have anything you like to plug? I like, I like having people plug their Twitter feeds or whatever they want to, or you can just kind of uh, be a blank slate. I, I think, I think I'm a blank slate. You caught me off guard. Nothing to plug on this on this episode well, i appreciate it I mean, it means you're not just uh, using me for exposure you genuinely wanted to be here so greatly appreciate that um but as usual uh people can follow me on twitter at josh jernavoy j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y same thing on letterbox thanks for tuning in at this point uh really maybe only have like one more 2018 movie after you listen to this that i'm gonna be putting a podcast out on and that's bohemian rhapsody assuming it gets nominated for best picture because i uh, for my own personal collection of conversations like i feel the need to always talk about every single movie that gets nominated for best picture and that might somehow do it so uh, i might have to go back and circle back and check out that one again and then talk about it with someone for y'all but um until then uh thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time